Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Praise the Lord. Yeah, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. He is worthy. He is worthy. Yeah, I did serve with Life Academy at the front desk there and, and uh, helped uh, Life Academy and Life Church uh, from about 2013. And uh, then I started driving a school bus for Botetourt County because we had pastored uh, New Beginnings Assembly of God in uh, Buchanan, Virginia uh, during that time. And so we wanted to be a little bit closer to uh, the place where we were ministering and getting the kids involved in sports and things like that. But it was a phenomenal time working with this church and, and uh, just continuing to support and pray for uh, the, the ministry that, that, is, that is Life Church. Uh, great things are in store, amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. And uh, I, I just, just want to share a word from the Lord that I believe is for Life Church today. Uh, but let me introduce myself just a little bit more. As, as they said, uh, I am Jerome Coleman, and I was here for a little bit. Uh, but uh, my wife, Amanda, is Josh's cousin. Uh, don't hold that against her. <laughs> she had no choice in the matter. Uh, but they're cousins, and I have uh, four kids. Two of them are, are back in Charleston. They are old enough to stay by themselves and work and all that kind of stuff, and, and that's kind of uh, interesting. Uh, but some of you that did work with Life Academy are familiar with who we are. You remember Trey and Mackenzie Coleman? Uh, Trey is now 19 and Mackenzie 17, and so it's a, an interesting thing to watch them grow up. But now we have two other little ones. Uh, Samuel was born here in Virginia, uh, and then uh, Judah, uh, he, he was born in West Virginia. So we, we bring that uh, to the table. So we're excited, excited to be here. And, and just, just the, as uh, Alicia said, just the momentous occasion of, of celebrating the pastors here. Uh, you have a phenomenal team. You have, you have a fantastic team. Let's give them a, one good hand clap of appreciation. And hopefully that you, you were ready and prepared to drop the cards in the box for them. And, and if you have not, there's, you can you got next week too. <laughs> if, if you missed out on this opportunity, I'm sure that they won't accept late cards uh, or they will not, uh, not accept late cards. So please bless them and, and encourage them, pray for them and help them out and and uh, so really cool uh, part about me and Josh is we go way back, as I mentioned, Mandy and, and Josh are cousins, and we attended the Oak Hill Assembly of God Church uh, together. And uh, if it wasn't for Josh, I don't think I would be here today because we encouraged each other so much. We did get on each other's nerves a whole lot. I was thinking as I was sitting up here clapping, I almost clapped off beat because I try to do that in youth group because that got on his nerves so bad. So if you're up, if you want to get on Josh's nerve, clap off beat on purpose because uh, I did that all the time and he would look at me and sometimes he'd hit me in the middle of worship service, all for Jesus, you know, all for Jesus. <laughs> so there wouldn't be any disorder, but yeah, we, 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 we uh, you know, hung out together. We, we just spent a lot of time together and whenever I was um, transitioning from my life of the BC days before Christ, uh, God sent me Josh as a good friend uh, to be there to encourage me to be that godly influence, that godly role model. Even though we went to rival schools, 
uh, we were able to continue that relationship and spend time together and, and, and pray together and worship the Lord together and study the Bible together, even as, as teenagers. And so uh, very, very special occasion indeed to, to honor my buddy Josh um, here. And uh, my wife told me I wasn't allowed to share any embarrassing things or uh, mean things, so I had to take out half my notes this morning. But the deacons, I'll get your email addresses, and I'm sure that I can forward you those things later. So my title of my sermon this morning, I just kind of felt this burning in my heart, but it's bringing hope back to life, and there's a lot of meaning in that. Not only just bring it back to life in your own life, but bringing hope back to life here at Life Church, because I believe God still has a plan and a purpose for Life Church. I want you to know that in the, the year that I was here, 13 to 14, uh, I got to know a little bit of the history of the church, and, and at that time, Pastor Troy Webb had his little office back there. He would, he would continue to come to, a church, to work and, and got to talk to him a little bit. And, and the heritage of this church is, is, is rich. And that is not null and void. No matter what time span has lapsed, no matter what has happened in the past, no matter what is going on, God's plans and purposes are sure. And he wants to bring hope back to life. I remember one of the times that, that we were, I was working at, at life and a lot of times I would be up front doing the uh, answering phones and, and what all, but I remember helping some of the groundskeepers and things like that with different. And I remember going up inside here and uh, I, I learned, if I'm not mistaken, that there is, that, he, that Troy built this for the expansion. If there was enough people that up on the top, there could be a balcony. I want you to know that there is a big plan for this church that has not yet to be realized, and we cannot give up on that. We must bring hope back to life. We must hope in what God has for us and what God wants to do in this church. And so as we, as we appreciate our pastors, this, these pastors are the ones that we need to pray for and ask God to give vision to and, and to give strength to because they are the ones that are going to help you see that come to pass. So Ezekiel chapter 37 is the text that I'm going to be reading from today. Ezekiel 37, and as you turn to that, I came across a, a quote in, just a, in studying for this sermon from, from Abraham Miller. It said, a man begins to die when he ceases to expect anything from tomorrow. When we give up hope, we begin to slowly decay. And it's worse even for a believer in Christ for us to give up hope. How, I mean, I'm not talking about just a blessed hope that one day we'll be in heaven. But until we get to that point, there's a hope for what God wants to do in and through us as a church. He wants to cause us to live a life that is greater than we could ever expect. See, you haven't even seen the greatest days yet. You could take the greatest days that you have had in your life up to this point, and God has so much more. He has such greater detail for your tomorrow. But we must not give up hope. So if it, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 14, and I know we were standing for worship, but can we stand in honoring God's word this morning? Can we stand as we read from the scriptures? 
the ones that give life, the ones that give up the very words of God. Starting at verse one, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones and he led me around among them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord, God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a sound and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone and I looked and behold there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and on their feet and, ex and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. Lord, we just thank you that, God, you have hope for us, that you have life for us. And so, Father, we just pray as we, as we celebrate where, where our pastors have brought us, God, as we celebrate where, where you have brought us over the years, and, and God, yes, there's been difficulty, yes, there's been trials, but God, we thank you for the triumphs, we thank you for the victories. God, we thank you that we can hope again. And so, Father, I pray that each one of the pastors would just feel your love today, and that, God, that they would have hope restored in them, in Jesus' name. That God, that that would trickle down uh, to, to, the, to the congregation and hope would be restored again for life. And God, that you would bring hope back to life today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen and amen. And outside of, uh, you can have a seat, outside of the church, Outside of church life, there's a lot of things that we can consider our dry bones, right? There's a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, a lot of things that happen in our life where we're just like, God, what are you doing? And it feels like a desert land, and, and it just seems like there's nothing happening. And as Ezekiel stood there among the dry bones, I can imagine as he began to think about this being the people of Israel and how, how there was just no hope left, it just seemed like everything was done and everything was there was no, no, nothing else that was going to happen 
As they looked at it, looked at the, the expanse of these, he realized that they were dry bones. I'm not talking about just, for, you know, they were dry. They had, they had been laying hopeless for a long time. And this is where we find ourselves when, when, when our, the vision for our life dies. This is where we find ourselves when the difficult times and hard seasons snuff out our hope. This, this valley of dry bones is where the, the words and the prophecies that we've been told and believe for our, our church and our life, they, they go left unfulfilled. And that day, uh, they, they, uh, and then it ultimately sows the seeds of doubt and unbelief as those things are not realized. Something that we've expected to happen, but it's been a long time in coming. And we find ourselves in these desert places. But we find ourselves looking at, at, at what God has done in the past and said, God, you've done it then. Why are you not doing it now? Why, why is this where we are? Dry, desert, wasteland full of bones. We realize that God has plans for us, but we're looking at the situation and we're like, God, how can you make anything out of this? How can, how can this be an army? How can this be a people? How can this be my life? All it is is dry bones. I'm wondering if there may have been a twinge of, oh, God, only you know this in Ezekiel's voice, when he also saw the bones and God says, can these bones live? I don't know, God, look at them. That, that bone's over there. I'm sure that that guy's bone's over here. And that over there, I mean, I'm sure that, the, 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 I mean, there's no, I mean, they're scattered everywhere. I mean, how can you make anything out of this? But God, only you know. Do you know what God does know? God knows, and I, and I begin to process this, and I begin to think about the, the, the situation that I would have probably found myself in if I was the prophet, and I was looking at it, I thought, God, there's no way. There are, there are probably thousands, if not millions of bones scattered in this vision that he is seeing. How in the world is these bones going to live? I mean, I have a problem with a 100-piece Paw Patrol puzzle. And here God is saying, can these bones live? I mean, he's got to put them all together. You know the little song, the head bones connected to the neck bone and all that? I mean, it's not that easy, right? When it comes to us. But the truth is that God knows how to put the pieces back together. God knows how to put the pieces back together. Think of the miracle that this was, even on the front end of this, where, where all the bones were scattered all over the place, and, and God knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew that bone over there connected to this bone over here, and this bone was way over there that connected, and he knew every piece and every, everything that needed to be happening in that moment. And, and I got to thinking, how many of each one of these things would have had to work out for it to be a person, right? There are 210 at least bones in the human body. 210. I'm not an expert in putting bones together. 
But God can speak and things happen. There's 600 muscles, 7 trillion nerves, 60,000 miles of blood vessels, and this was kind of creepy, but eight pounds of flesh that wraps around us. But think about that. We can't see what God can see. We, we can't see all the, all we see is the scattered bones. We see the hopelessness of our days and our, our nights. We see everything that's just in disarray. And we say, God, there's no way. But God knows how to put the pieces back together. He, he can see the fullness of what was about to transpire because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen with your life whenever you come to the altar. He knew what was going to happen to you even when you were born, before you were born. And it may look like it's in disarray and it may look like it's total chaos and it may look like just a pile of dry bones, but God knows how to put those things back together. And so I speak just like the prophet spoke in Ezekiel 37, I prophesied of these bones. And he's going to bring hope back to life. See, many times we, 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 we just are faithful in the Lord and we're, we're walking with the Lord in the faithful obedience that he calls us to. And we're like, okay, I'm going to just do what he says. Even as the, the prophet, he says, I, I, I just prophesied as I was commanded. I, I'm sure that he probably in his heart thought there is no way. I mean, I know how God, big God is, but there's just probably no way. You may act all religious and, and uppity up, but you know that there's been times in your life that you look at a situation and say, God, there's no way. There is no way, God. There is no way that you can work in this situation. There's no way that you can deliver me from this. There's, there's no way that you can bring me through this and heal my body. There's no way that you can heal this broken relationship. There's just no way. But you know what, God, I'm just going to do what you commanded me to do. I'm going to trust you. So many times this, when this happens, we're walking just in the obedience of the Lord, just faithful in the obedience. And it's in this obedience that something happens. It's hard to explain. It's hard to describe when it happens and what happens exactly. But there's a moment that one of those bones began to rattle. And I don't know, they may have all started rattling at one time, but there may have been a moment where, where we just kind of overlooked it and, and Ezekiel was looking around, he probably missed over here this little rib bone just shaking a little bit and over here this, this skull just kind of, and this leg bone over here. A lot of times God's in the middle of moving and we miss out because he's doing just the little thing. He's not doing the big thing, but he's, he's moving as a, as a pastor, and a, a speaker at our, our church in Charleston, he was in the middle of prayer one day and it just stuck with me. And, and it's, he said, you know, God, we know that sometimes you work in inches and sometimes you work in miles. I'm like, that's good. And a lot of times we don't understand what God's doing, but then there's this moment that our faithfulness meets God's promises and there's a suddenly. The bones began to rattle. 
The bones begin to shake. Yes, yes, there's the setbacks that come as we uh, along the way. As we're serving the Lord, it seems like we're going three steps forward and five steps back. And sometimes we think, hallelujah, 10 steps forward. And we feel like we're just back in the same spot. And, and we don't even know what God's going to do in this situation. But the enemy doesn't know that God is wanting to turn those setbacks into setups. Those things that he thought was going to take you out. We're just stepping stones to the next thing. For you to be what God created you to be, where God sets you up for a greater future than what you even thought was possible. So I just want to speak to you today that, that you may look back over your life and think, how can God use me in this moment? But I want you to know that all those things we're growing pains for what God has in store for your tomorrow. The, the things that God has in store for your tomorrow. See, see, we don't know when that suddenly is going to happen. It would have been way easier if God would have said, hey, in 10 days, as you're praying in the upper room, the Holy Spirit's going to come. They didn't have the timeline that God had. They were just faithful. They were just faithful to what God had told them to do. They were just obeying. They were loving people when it was hard. They were praying. They were doing what God told them to do. And it was in the midst of this that the suddenly happened. So we must stay faithful. We must obey even in the driest, darkest valley. Because you may think, hey, my life's been pretty decent to this point. I mean, I'm just encouraging you because there may be times in your life that this may feel that way because Satan is always doing negative work in people's lives. His whole goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Even though Jesus wants to give life and life more abundantly, you may not find yourself in this. Maybe you're rejoicing because you just came out of a situation where it was dry and desert and you have been used by God to see triumphant. You witness, as we sang this morning, of what God is capable of. Or maybe you haven't even seen something down the road. Know that God is with you. See, as we continue to stay faithful, as we continue to obey, then there be this suddenly that happens. Been, even as in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit was poured out in a mighty way, but it was a suddenly it seemed like, but it was all those days and all those prayers that led up to it. See, a lot of times we think, oh man, God just miraculously showed up. And he does. But what did we do to position ourselves for that great thing that God did? Well, what did we do in reading the scriptures and making sure that we were faithful and studying the word of God? What, 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 what were we doing when we got up in the morning and instead of just praying, griping and complaining prayers, we just proclaimed the word of God in the situation and we really grappled and held on to the horns of the altar, so to speak, and prayed to God and said, God, I don't know what's gonna happen. There's nowhere else for me to go. There's no plan B. I'm just gonna serve you. I'm gonna listen to you until you answer. There's no other answer that's coming, so I'm just gonna trust and obey. Then all of a sudden, the suddenly happens, we're like, whoo, that was good. We don't realize it took just the faithful obedience, doing the same thing over and over when it didn't seem like it was making any difference. 
And all of a sudden, this suddenly comes, and here comes the bones here, and here comes the bones there, and all the muscles and everything came together, and, and they just sat there because there was no spirit that had been breathed into it. See, we're a Pentecostal church. We have to have the spirit. We can have the structure. We can have the muscles. We can have all the things, but if we don't, depend on and have the spirit flowing in us we're still just a lifeless lifeless army he looked out and, and Ezekiel said he saw this 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 army is just laying there lifeless I'm reminded of a, of a, a, a movie that the, the, they were working on this lawnmower and they opened up the gas tank and he's like ain't no gas in it I want to tell you that Ezekiel looked at this and was like, there ain't no breath in it. There ain't no breath in this army. They're, they're still lifeless. See, we need his breath in our lungs to live the lives that we are destined to live. We, we don't need people to look at our church and say, well, there ain't no spirit in it. You see their faces when they walk in on Sunday? The happiest they get is when they get their coffee and cinnamon roll. <laughs> no. No. Because ultimately when we're outside the church is when we're the church. We come to worship together, but my goodness, we need to be the spirit-filled church outside these walls because this world needs it. And we can't, live, we can't live the lives that God has destined us to until we have his breath in our lungs. And I just pray that we would just speak that out today. And the, as the pastors just prayed for you this morning, that believing that the spirit of God would be called forth from the four winds, so to speak, and that the Holy Spirit would rush into your lungs, that you would have the spirit in you. That you would have an encounter with God today is what they prayed that you would walk out of here different, that you would walk out of here saved, that you would walk out of here delivered, that you'd walk out of here uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. You'd be walking out of here living the life that God destined for you, but we can unless we put the gas in the tank. Unless we put the gas in the tank. It wasn't until that moment, as we saw in the latter part of what I just read to you, that, that, that the moment that the breath entered their lungs, that they were an army, that they were a living body, that they were what God is destined for them to be. See, earlier on, we didn't see that. We didn't see that. We just saw the bones. What do you see in your life? See, God sees the living, breathing miracle. All you see is what is in the moment. God says, no, no, you don't see what I see. You, you don't see, you don't see the end result. But God, we've done it this way before. God, we've, we've prayed before. We've, we've asked, you, you don't see what I see. God, we've spoke the word of God over this situation. We've done it, but you don't see what I see. You don't see the fullness of my spirit in operation. You don't see any of those things that are happening like I do. And at the end of verse 14, it says that he 
that we would know him. See, it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday, but if it wasn't for Jesus, these pastors would just be normal people, right? God placed them here for such a time as this to lead to God, to see you fulfill the destiny that Life Church has. But see, in the latter part of this, and I'm not going to read in the last part of chapter 37, but when you look at the full expanse of this chapter, you see that there's something bigger than just putting bones back together and giving life to this situation. He wants to bring unity. See, in the middle of a divided kingdom, it was God's goal for Jerusalem and, or for, for Israel and Judah, the tribe, to come back together again, to be one, to be one Israel. And as I began to pray about that, as I began to read through that, God said, I want you to read through the rest of this. Because I believe even today as we speak that we have old and the new, the glad tidings and the life church. But God says he will make you one again. There's a lot of things that, that, that were, were discouraging. There's a lot of things that happened, and I know because I was close enough to feel the pain. But I want you to know that today he wants to bring hope back to life. He wants to bring hope. He wants to restore completely what the enemy has stolen. He, well, the last part of this chapter talks about that. See, even Josh and, and Sarah and Baba, they are, they're fulfilling someone else's dream. Somebody else dreamed of a moment such as this where there was a thriving congregation here in this church. He, we, they, they, they are answers to someone else's prayers. See, something that you don't realize is, is people have prayed for you We've got to be in the moment where we are fulfilling those prayers. Where we realize I'm in this person's life because God put me here. And I didn't know it, but they have been praying for somebody, some Christian person to be here. And here I am. The prayers that have been prayed for this church and this congregation over and over and over even so much so that we're going to fill up all the pews and we're going to have to knock down the wall and extend to the balcony. Because that's the dream. That's the dream. That, 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 that's the plan. That's the, the vision that, 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 that this church has is to be a spirit-filled influence in this area. Not just an army, but a spirit-filled, one that is breathing in and out the breath of God. Breathing in and out the breath of God. See, I believe this morning and I hope that this encouraging word for you would just stir up that hope once again. That God would bring hope back to life. Because I believe in that statement whenever, whenever uh, I was talking with Paul, he said, what's the title of your sermon the Holy Spirit dropped that in, and I was like, that's way bigger, way bigger than just a hope. It's, it's talking of life, life church. 
What dry bones do you have this morning? What things do you have that you're like, God, what are you doing? I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe that these dry bones are going to live. But you're not going to see it without unity. See, there's, there's some things I want to encourage each one of you, even on this Pastor Appreciation Sunday, to, to remember pastors serve your people like Christ serves the church. Serve the people like Christ serves the church. Ephesians 4, starting verse 11, says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, or the pastors and the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. God has placed you here. You have been gifted to this church to serve him, to serve his purposes, to serve his plans and his vision and his desires. Tom Rainer said that the 10 things that a church wants from their pastor is to love the congregation, effective preaching, strong character, good work ethic, casts a vision, demonstrates healthy leadership, is joyous, does not yield to critics, is transparent and models evangelism. God wants to use you to lead in a positive way. He wants to restore what the enemy has stolen. He wants to use you to take people's dry bones and to prophesy over them. Not just to see dry bones, but to see life in those people. Now, church, there are some things that I believe that the pastors need from you. See, church, you need to serve your pastor because we serve Christ. See, they're just under shepherds to the great shepherd. As they do their best to lead and learn and, and do the, to follow God, we do the same thing on a daily basis. We serve Christ and we support them, we help them. Hebrews 13, 17, and 18 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that there will be a clear conscience desiring an act honorable in all things. Pray for them, encourage them, help them. See, they don't need just people just to be a Sunday morning attender. They need people to be engaged. I remember, I had to go back and, and find the, so, some notes on a, a book that I read of how to help your pastor succeed. I think Dave Williams is the one who wrote that book. As a teenager, our pastor shared us with us that book and, and it kind of helped us know how to, to support our pastor. And so we need to move from the multitude to the inner circle, church, and supporting and praying for our pastor, encouraging him and her. Echoing the pastor's vision. Grabbing a hold of it because we know that he's spent, she has spent time in prayer. And this is what God is saying for the moment. 
You got to watch out for the wolves. Stop anything that would try to hinder and, and, and tear down their pastors. Watch out for those. Stop them. Say, listen, you can talk to the pastor about that, but we're not talking about that here. That will help support your pastor and endeavoring to keep unity a few others, finding your unique place and serving in that place and, and developing a successful Christian home. See, we, we can do our best on the platform, behind the pulpit, and in the serving areas, but having thriving homes that support the church. Inside your home, you're, you're supporting your pastor with your words. Your kids, your grandkids, they see you praying for your pastor. And that's how we develop strong relationships. That's where, where the, the, the two become one, where the old and the new and the, 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 the pastor and the church, they work together as I believe that last part is all about. See, God is not just impressed with a spirit-filled church. He's in, impressed with a thriving spirit-filled church. That's what his desire is. That's what his purpose is. That's what he wants to see happen here in Life Church. So this morning, I go back to the question, do you have dry bones? Because as you support your pastor today, he says, I, I see you. I'm here for you. I want to help you get to that place of realizing what God's plans are for your life. So do you have dry bones today? Because nothing more that would make our pastors happier than if you come to the altar and say, you know what, God, I want to see you take this and fulfill your plans with it. Now, you may have been a Christian for a long time. I'm not talking about somebody that has just been here for the first time and then you, you know that you need to, to ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins and to, to come and restore your life back to him. I'm not talking about that. If you need to do that, that is something that you need to get squared away today. And you know, I came here because I wanted to get right with God. These altars are open for that as well. Maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian for a long time some dry bones. You've just been asking God to put back together. You've been asking God to give life to because he promised. You've been waiting for that promise fulfilled. Today is going to bring hope back to life. So if you're here this morning as the, as the team is beginning to play, first and foremost, if you need to make that connection with God. You need to make your life right with God, then you need to do that first because those dry bones will never come to life apart from God. You need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong things that I've done. I believe that you are the only one that can forgive me, change me. You say, God, I want you to, to give me new life and I want to live your way. Do you know what? The Bible says that he has done everything that's needed to be done to make that possible. You just believe in what he has said. And you agree with that. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I've already believed in the Lord Jesus. I'm just going through some stuff right now. I'm looking at these dry bones. 
I need God to restore hope in my life. I need God to to look at this situation and, and to restore hope in my life. I want you to come to the altars as well. Just believe in God for, for that. So Lord Jesus, we just pray, God, that you, as you continue to move in our hearts and in our lives today, Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to believe in you for the first time, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would draw them to the altar so that they can make things right with you. God, if there's anybody here today that, that they know that they are carrying a weight, a burden, they're in dry season, Lord. They need your help. God, you know how to put the pieces back together. God, that you would do that today. Help them to see movement in Jesus' name. Lord, I just want to also pray for the pastors. God, as we honor them today, God, may they feel our love. May they feel our our support. And God, may you continue to bring unity between the pastors and the congregation so that life would be a thriving church. It would go above and beyond anything that they've seen to this point. God, you would bring revival to this place where the spirit would flow in such a way that people would feel it as they come into the parking lot. All because you're leading these pastors. You're leading these pastors to your desired future. So, Lord, have your way in this altar time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you, and we can't wait to see you soon.